So this is a new podcast studio for me. You are the first person to record in the studio. Breaking it in. This is episode 406 of my podcast. And regardless of how long a person has been doing something, that doesn't mean that you actually know anything. Every day is a learning experience. I love it. And you got to work through these things. Things happen. Things change. Especially if you decide that you want to pursue any form of art as Absolutely. a uh, a career or even more so like a lifestyle, a big thing, a big part of what you're going to put your time and energy and love and thoughts and feelings into involves creativity. I think that you need to understand that a large majority of that is out of your control. Definitely. Where do you... And there's a lot of trial and error. Yes. A lot of trial and error. All that type of stuff. So I'm saying all of that because, yes, the room doesn't look great yet, but, but it, it will. will. Improve. It will improve. Just be patient. It may take me a few episodes, but we'll get there together. The quality of the content will be the same. It may not look as good, but it'll still have the same heart, the same emotion, same feel, the same feeling, and all of that. So thank you all for being patient with me while we work through this. And now I'm going to do my intro. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the conversation. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone who's welcome, blah, 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 blah. Everyone who's new to the show, thank you for being here. That's not how it goes. Fuck it. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I could use a beer, but daddy's drinking water because it's Sunday and he's staying out of trouble. Cheers. Cheers. That was all messed up. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? You made it through. Thank you. Thank so you. I'm sitting here today with a human being that I'm pretty sure I've met you at some point in we've, time. We've met a couple times, I think. We've definitely met, but I don't think we've like really chatted too much. Yeah, this is the first real conversation, I think. Yeah. Had. So thank you for taking the time to be here. Thanks for inviting me to your humble abode. Now, two questions. Do you prefer Nick or Nicholas? Ah, uh, that that's actually a good question because I I'd like my full name. I actually do. So when people do call me Nicholas, I I don't mind at all. Yeah, you know, there's something. So like you know, when like you know, we're we're checking out you and your aesthetic, the hair, ponytail, nice shirt, badass necklace. I don't get anything Nick about you, but Nicholas, one hundred percent. 100%. I think it fits. It works. So let's go with it. Yeah. So question number two, how does anyone pronounce your last name? Can I try before I butcher it? <laughs> I would prefer that you do. Okay. Let's hear it. So I don't have it written down in front of me right now, but from memory, thinking about like Facebook, I think it would be something like Huffenangle. Really close. Okay. Huffnagel. 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 Okay. Or so if you're German... Hoofnoggle. Nice. Yeah. Fun it sounds fact. like a pastry. Uh, not, not as exciting. Are you a sweet well, treat, Nicholas? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'll let you decide. So, that. Nicholas Huffnagel. Huffnagel. It, fun fact, it actually translates to horseshoe now. Okay. So, take that for what it is. Very cool. <laughs> well, make some noise for the internet. 
Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So for anyone who doesn't know, Nicholas, you are a musician and you seem like a pretty wholesome one at that. I try. You know, sometimes you run into some more, eh, you know, people in the in the arts and entertainment world, especially in the realm of rock music, where I believe you tend to dwell. I know it's not exclusively rock, but you 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 live in those circles. Not always yeah. most wholesome individuals in those places, but also some of the nicest people in the world. And I think Absolutely. you're on the category of nice. So Appreciate what makes it. you a nice person in this yin yang spectrum of rock and roll? What makes me a nice person? Yeah, why? Why do you lean why, towards the light why side? I, nice? I mean, why? There's, <laughs> there's there's so many things that you could be upset about, and and you could just be negative about. But I mean, I I think it takes more strength to to see the positive light in, in things and and help others, especially too. Um, I I always like getting involved with other activities, other other bands too. Um, uh, good friends of mine, Winners Descent, Jerry Mulligan, you know them. Yeah. Um, they uh they were recording some music. Uh, they have an EP coming out. They released their single. So they, they hit me up asking me to, to record drums on it. And immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so I do want to throw this out there. Uh, fortune, the track that was released. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that your performance on that track took it to like another level. The rhythm stuff on it is so cool. The feeling on it is so good. And like, I'm at this point when I listen to drummers play, it's really easy to tell if like somebody's just trying to play a song or play like the song. And I feel like you were really like locking into all of the little nuance and putting a lot of stuff into it. Yeah, a, a drummer's drummer. That. A drummer's drummer. A drummer's drummer. Yes. I mean, I, I have been playing drums for a while, um, but it was it was a great opportunity. I was really excited to work with those guys and, and really dig into to those drum parts, like nitpick at every little note. Um, and we worked with Sid Riggs, yeah, who is amazing at what he does. He's a genius, like one of the most wholesome guys you'll ever meet. I know you've you've had him on the show. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a great opportunity, and he's a drummer slash producer, so it was great to to work on those drum arrangements with him, those drum parts that we that we uh, wrote in the studio, and and get them knocked out. So we're sharing ideas back and forth. Um, he's, he's running out of the booth and he's like, Hey man, try, try, try this note instead of this note or this drum here and, and do this. And he's, he's getting all excited about what we're doing. And then it's getting me all excited. And then it was just positive energy all around. And, and Jerry and the guys are back there just watching it all unfold. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just in the zone. It was a, it was a long weekend, but but yeah, we we got uh, we actually got five tracks done. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. I don't know what their what their release plans are, but they're still fucking sue us. Sue me, sue me, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, we all I'm get t-shirts really to just say "sue me, Jerry" yeah, on sue them. Me, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> we start a new side project called "Sue Me, Jerry." All right, yep, I'm in it. Yeah. All right, I'm down. We're starting a band. Cool, perfect, done. <laughs> you heard it here first. So you know, yeah, I'm actually I'm really excited to hear. Those are the rest of the songs, like finished product, like Fortune is now. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, playing drums with different projects and having this positive energy. And I kind of brought up, like, I could tell that, like, you put a lot of thought into at least what you're doing with the Winner's Descent stuff. I'm not like familiar with your entire catalog of music. Yeah. But in I terms guess I of. I should mention my band is Big Atlantic. Yes. So, yes. You know, that's, I'm here, like, 
going on and on about like Jerry's <laughs> band. And, and I'm, I always forget that I'm in a band myself. I, mean, I do so many things, you know, yeah. I have people like, I'll be having a conversation with somebody and then someone else will chime in and be like, you know, he's in a band and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm in a band. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Big Atlantic is um, also a rock band. I wouldn't say it. it's not as like, Winter's Descent exists on that like rock metal they're, they're, sort of. Yeah, they're kind of like an, I, I kind of label them like an alternative metal band. They're sure. not like metal metal. Like like but your, like like your Grey Walker. I would say sure yeah. <laughs> I would say they're like radio metal, but not yeah. in like a negative way. And if sometimes I could come off really, in the wrong way, it really works for them. Yeah. But yeah, totally, totally. I think that they have like that sound really, really locked in. Mm-hmm. And Big Atlantic is still a band that exists in the rock realm, but I think it really sticks more like into more traditional classic elements of rock. Yeah, right. Definitely, definitely. For a while, has um, like Zeppelin roots. You know. Yeah. Like, the who like that kind of stuff especially on our tempered record that came out four years ago now yeah 2017 um but we're actually in the studio working on some new stuff and it's it's good nice so <laughs> really excited to get that stuff finished up and get it out there for you guys to hear so you're primarily a drummer with like a rock background but i can hear like at least in like the elements of the stuff that you put into that fortune track like i can hear a lot more of like a groove like a like almost like like somebody that digests more like jazz or reggae possibly and like all of these sorts of things right yeah that's funny you should say that because um i i'm a huge and everybody i know knows this i'm a huge fan like my number one favorite band's 311 okay and they they're like the kings of mix, mixing genres right yeah so they everyone knows the song amber but if you really dive into their catalog they're they have a lot more heavy music they mix funk rap reggae hip-hop like rock obviously um and and some jazz even but so like i have a lot of roots from growing up listening to them i was in a 311 tribute band uh geez we haven't played in a while but i I wouldn't (laughs) even really say that the band like broke up we kind of just stopped playing we all went our own ways you know a couple of guys uh one guy's got kids you know other guy just got married so we're all kind of like living our own lives yeah um and that was around the time we stopped playing that i joined big atlantic one we played at Hard Rock one time and Big Atlantic actually opened for the 311 tribute. So it was like opening for myself. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, and, and that whole crew of bands, there's 311, another great band, uh, Ballyhoo. They're from from Maryland. Uh, they're actually coming to Jurgles uh, in September. Cool. I think. I think yeah. it's September. No, no, no. It's it's August. Okay. I want to get that date right because everyone listening should go to Jurgles and see Ballyhoo. They're a phenomenal, like, they they label themselves punk rock reggae sex music and it is just like the party like the coolest party of a show cool and, and yeah and it's 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 all like all those bands ballyhoo uh you have what you have the movement um iration tropodelic's another really cool band and and that whole crew um but they're all like really reggae driven positive vibes and everything so like that's really like where where my musical taste for what i listen to more so comes from and but all well, those rhythms and everything yeah. that comes out in in like the rock stuff that i play who would have guessed but it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that <laughs> yeah so well i, I think that, that it's it, it's very very um it's very very evident in your playing and it th- i think it makes a lot of sense and i'm curious like in terms of your backgrounds and um becoming a musician you know was this stuff because i mean 311 has been a band since i imagine we're probably close to the same age i'm 36 i don't know you're in 34 right so uh we grew up those are those are bands that we grew up with right um 
was that like something where like you started listening to that kind of music um, or just different styles of music as a kid and then picked up drums or was it like you start picking up drums and then you start finding rhythms that you like to play and that's what introduces you into different styles of music? Um, well, I started drumming when I was eight. So my my dad was a drummer. He got my older brother playing drums and actually growing up when I was younger, I, I kind of straight away, I didn't really listen to like mainstream radio all that much. I, I mainly listened a lot to like the bands that my brother was recording and playing with because uh, he'd always be passing his stuff down to me. Um, so like that's that's kind of the stuff that I would listen to more so when I was younger. And then I'd, I'd say probably like around high school is when I started, I like discovered 311 and, and, and more bands like in that genre that, that really just kind of changed my life. The first the first song I heard was Homebrew and it was, it's just the, the rhythms from the guitars and the drums just meshed and then and even the rhythms and the vocals just like my mouth dropped you know it, it just like sucked me in and and being really rhythm driven from playing drums all my life um since i was eight i did band in school like marching band's a big part of my life um so i went to montour high school i was in their marching band and i was in pitt's marching band as well so drum lines like it but i actually instruct montour's drum line now oh I'm cool 15 years deep with that gig. Nice. And, and it's actually, um, I know you said this is going out like a little later. So at the moment that this is being recorded, it's actually band camp week. So I'm like, we're doing this. And then I'm all week, eight to eight with, with the kids in the sun and, you know, getting their show they're on the field and everything. So it's, it's, it's an absolute passion job. And I'm like, I'm blessed to, to still have that and, and be able to have that a part of my life. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with, learning how to play drums deciding that you are going to like make this like your life rhythm is going to be your life you you lucked out in some sort of a way or maybe you didn't luck out but like in terms of like now like uh with like the um the montour school stuff that you're doing was that something that you like seeked out to do or was that like an opportunity that like fell into your lap in in a way, it was kind of both. Um, so it, when I graduated, I I was still pretty involved with it. You know, they do summer practices, and and I was going back and hanging out and helping them out with stuff. Um, and then I what was this two years after I graduated, they got a new band director, and it turned out that it was someone that I was in the marching band with, a couple years older than me. And she immediately hit me up and asked me if I wanted to be her drumline instructor. And have, seeing that I was already still around and helping them out and stuff, um, so I immediately took that opportunity and yeah and and i've been running with it ever since but it's it's great because i get to write their show music which that's going to be tonight into tomorrow i'm probably not going <laughs> to sleep much tonight <laughs> cool but i they, they get drum arrangements and then i rewrite some of their drum parts that they play on the field and and uh yeah it's it's just i absolutely love doing it and the absolute 100 percent best part is every single year you know these kids come in and it's it's like a brand new fresh start you know they all new music, all new, you know, starting over from scratch. You get to see these kids come in and a lot of them are new, you know, every year there's new kids and, you know, people graduate, but they all come here with this, this common bond, you know, with they, you know, they're in band and they like music. And then, so then they all meet each other and and they kind of grow into, into like a family. And it's, it's really cool to see them and where they start and, and, and where they struggle and to see them grow as, as drummers, musicians, to be able to later on perform and play things that that at first they couldn't do. Yeah. And and that's that's my absolute favorite part of it all. And I get to see that happen every single year. Now, I have a question regarding 
popular culture and how that infiltrates, if at all, the way that kids come into drumline and approaching what their understanding of rhythm is. Because, you know, everybody's exposure to music when they're growing up is through popular culture, right? But like every year there's some new different thing. There's different styles of music and things like that. And you've been doing this, you said now you're 15 years into this gig, right? Yeah. So over the course of that decade and a half, have you seen like any fundamental changes about like the way people come into approaching like their instrument as a result of like different styles of music? Do people have different understandings of what things are or is it all just based on the same kind of shit that you've been playing for like ever? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to word that I question. I don't really see it evolve so much in, in the styles or, or their influences in music yeah. as much as because marching band's kind of its own animal and it's totally. style in itself. Yeah. So they're coming in and kind of learning that and, and yeah, I don't really see too much change at least over the years in, in, any kind of attitude or anything like that based on popular culture changing. Um, you know, the kids' interests outside of marching band and whatnot, you know, they'll change. Like now they're all over TikTok mm -hmm. and I am fighting it so hard. I'm like, I'm not doing TikTok. I don't have one. No, they, don't do they it. Got the, they got the band director doing it. Now she's all excited about <laughs> it. She's putting TikToks up and the kids are all watching her. And I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> totally. So I'm, I'm like on Facebook and Instagram and like, that's, that's enough for me right now. My yeah. phone goes off all day, every day. And it's, I just, <laughs> it, it's a lot, but it's you cool. Know? I mean, there's, yeah. you definitely see some cool stuff on there and there's, there's a lot of talent out there that gets exposed. So it's really mm -hmm. cool to see that. So in terms of there not being a whole lot of change in the idea of what like marching band is and the way that, uh, it exists the way marching bands exist in popular culture, I guess I've always kind of served the same thing. Um, as somebody that has musical aspirations outside of marching bands, somebody that is into like genre fluid music and different styles of playing, do you ever find yourself like wanting to like somehow challenge the status quo of what a marching band should be? Like somebody they would make some like silly movie about in 20 years. Do you see yourself being that guy? <laughs> like or do you like, movie. yeah. Or do you like, <laughs> kind of embrace the traditions of what like a marching band it's is definitely very tradition driven yeah um because you know you you have especially at once or um you have people that come back and return that that maybe were in the marching band in march like 10 20 30 40 years ago you know and they and it's cool for them to come and see you know and, and things do change you know times change and you know uh, maybe sometimes the way things are performed certain ways might might change and evolve just over time but it's it's really cool to see these these people that are you know, well well out of the band from the time they were in it come and, and be able to see these kids like some of the things at least like you know marching band comes out before football games and does a pregame performance and there's there's elements of that 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 still date back to to like back in the eighties you know you'll you'll have parents and and older people come out and watch the show and and they get to see these kids doing what they did when they were in school and there's there's even a connection there that's that's really cool to see yeah so. With your life and balancing, uh, you know, work and life and pleasure, it's all kind of like morphed together in some way for you, hasn't it? It's yeah, it, it really has. Um, so I do a lot, <laughs> and and I, I I don't even know how I how I can keep up with it. So I I'm in Big Atlantic. Yes, and we're writing and recording music at the moment. Um, Winter's Descent was kind of a gig. Um, I I played a show with them. They did a live stream for the SOS 2020. Yeah. It was a really cool opportunity. Um, 
So that was fun. So I was able to, you know, perform with them. It was the first time I performed actually since so, 2019. I normally don't do things like this, but I just want to say, because Jerry's probably watching. You know Jerry's going to watch this. You know Jerry's watching this. The only reason you guys got that gig is because I told him to book you. Boom. So you played it. That, you're welcome. Yeah. So that was that was really rude of me. I'm sorry. But no, no, no. I was glad that you guys got to play that show. It was because, fun, man. It was a good time. Yeah. They, they had it put together really, really well. Yeah. Anyways, so you do that. Oh, yeah. So I, I do stuff like <laughs> The Winner's Ascent. I just, I, um, I've been working down a little bit at, at Tonic Recording Studios down in McKeesport um, doing session drumming. I just did a gig, a couple songs for these guys that hit me up. Uh, last week and I actually just got to hear that come back uh, you know the drum tracks um, just yesterday and and it's awesome it's cool to to go in there and like do that and and then hear it come back and and it's their project too so they brought me into their project and they have this vision for their project and then I jump in and my ideas for you know the drum parts and whatnot actually get they get uh, sort of inspired in certain ways by what I'm doing on the drums and, and they, they start kind of changing what they're doing in the songs and it it's cool to see it develop and evolve in that way too but I'm down at Tonic doing drums I'm I'm into um, video and photography stuff so um, another guy I'm, I'm going to be shooting um, a music video with a guy that does rap his name is Big Joss I don't know if you've heard of him Mm-mm. so he's been working down at Tonic on an album um that's actually he's kind of like into the mixing genre stuff too this guy he's good man he he writes some good like meaningful lyrics and and he's good at rhyming and flow and and he he was out in la like back in the day like dr dre and all that stuff and it's it's cool he's just he's from mckeesport originally so he's back here and he kind of took a break from the music scene and everything and now he's getting back into it but it's cool to meet him and you know be a part of that yeah so like i'm in the video and i try to get out and shoot uh, I was just out Led Zeppelin two, a Led Zeppelin tribute band. Yeah. So Lee, my singer, and and I, uh, we have a friend named Fitzy. He's in a band called Bad Marriage. He was in town, so we all went up to Jurgles to see this Led Zeppelin tribute band, and and I was able to shoot photos for the show. So that's something like I got band camp this week. Like I got like this whole list of things that that I'm like, I got to get done, but it's like it's, things keep rolling, you know. And so like I got this whole list of things to do. And I'm excited to get those photos done and, and get this video done coming up soon. Big Atlantic's recording music. I'm I'm kind of scatterbrained, man. I'm I'm a little all over the place. Yeah, I I, I love it. I absolutely love it because it, it keeps me busy. It keeps me involved with other people that that are really positive, like minded, and hardworking. Um, it's it's a great great experience, you know, to be part of all those things. I think that that's you. You you. I was going to ask you a question, but you already answered it because I'm very similar in the sense that. I wear a lot of hats. I'm always juggling things, trying to figure out how to make things work. Mm-hmm. But I love it. And like when people are like, how do you do so much? It's just like, I just want to do it. Yeah. And I always tell people like if you, a lot of people sometimes like you you think you want to do something. Like you like the idea of doing it, but for whatever reason, maybe you, you don't do it. And not to be harsh, my viewpoint of that is like, well, I don't know if you really wanted to do it. I think if you really like love something and you really want to make something happen, you'll find a way to make it happen. If, yeah, if you're passionate about something and you really are driven to do it, yeah. you're going to find a way to make it happen. Like, like even there's, you know, times where like I, 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 there's always, regardless of like band stuff that I'm doing or podcasts or vlogs or whatever, there's always for every like 
thing that you end up seeing happen in public. There's probably like two or three other things that are just ideas that are never going to happen. And sometimes like when something really hasn't happened after like a year or two, I kind of just have to tell myself like, I like the idea of this happening, but obviously I don't want to do it enough. Otherwise I would have done it because sometimes like somebody that like, I like, I wasn't even planning on recording a song for my friends in Dino Soul, right? And they hit me up and I was like, I just want to do this. So I like somehow fit that into my schedule, a completely new project, but I just genuinely wanted to do it. And then there's other things that I've been trying to get done for like a year and a half, but I can't find the time. And it's like, okay, well, I just think that I ultimately just don't want to do this as much as I think that I do want to do it. That's, I think that's, probably a really a good thing that that should be practiced by a lot of people sometimes is it i mean if you're if you're kind of interested in something and you like you said you just put it off and put it off and put it off like maybe maybe you just maybe you want to be interested in it more than you actually are sure it's like maybe it's not too dissimilar from you and tiktok right there you go yeah i'm just like oh, i mean it's cool it's it's cool the kids yeah. are into it you know let them have fun but um, it's just like i don't know i'm, I'm good i'm good without it yeah I, <laughs> the thing that i find interesting about tiktok is that it it's a it's a it's a different it's obviously a different way to create a different kind of content mm-hmm. and i do see value in you know creating content that works for that platform and you share it with like-minded people that like that content blah 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 but it's like i make like songs and i do hour long podcasts i don't do like minute goofy videos so it's like the, yeah. the fundamental of what it is, is like, I don't do that content. I'm mm-hmm. sure that I can mold that what I do to that platform. But then it's now I'm doing something that I didn't want to do to appease like a, a an, an, uh, an algorithm or a social media platform that I didn't really intentionally like want to be involved with. It just seems like too much work. Mm-hmm. I'm just not interested. Yeah. But I'm happy it exists. But to each their own, of course. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, I think that the thing that is like really interesting is like how there are musicians that are like really um getting discovered off of TikTok. And it's interesting now that like somebody can hear 15 seconds of a song and decide that they like an artist. Mm-hmm. The concept of that is bonkers to me. Yeah. Because like it's like I need to hear fifteen songs yeah, right. of we, an artist before albums. <laughs> yeah, where, and and a lot of times, you know, the the single that you hear on the radio, it, it isn't isn't going to sound like everything else that's on the record. Totally, you know? totally. Picking the thing that's most radio friendly to get you to listen to the record and hear the rest of the stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, it's it's everything. It's with bands. It's it's really single driven. I think with Spotify and playlists, um, and maybe short EPs. Um, and I, I feel like the music industry is kind of heading more in that direction and, and straying away from like the full length album a little bit. Um, but I still have like, I have a place in my heart for that. I love like the storytelling of a of full album, you know, like listening straight through start to finish, not skipping around. And it's uh, maybe it's just the way like I grew up listening to them, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way. I think that I don't mind a band releasing singles. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a band releasing EPs. The one thing that I do really not like that a lot of bands do now is they'll release half of their album as singles before the album comes out. 
and then you and like I'm, half of it. exactly <laughs> it's like oh this album from this band that i've been really looking forward to is finally out and then you pull it up and you're like I've heard three and, and quarters of this. A couple more songs. Yeah, and they're and they're they're like the duds. They're the ones that the label didn't want to release as singles. And like I feel like cheated almost as a fan because mm-hmm. I think that like I remember, uh, I'm not to like romanticize nostalgia or anything, but like I remember, oh, like Corn put out a, a video. There's a new Corn song. So you get the one single for the album, but I gotta wait until I can actually like get my ass to a CD store. Yeah. Get that and album. You had to physically go. Yeah, there you have to and, go and to the store. Hope they had a copy of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I remember uh, doing chores for my grandmother to save up money so I could sneak on the bus into Squirrel Hill to buy Follow the Leader the day it came out. And that whole time, I wasn't even sure if the record was going to be at the store. Yeah, you just go and cross your but, fingers, yeah. hoping for the best. But yeah, I got it. And then I don't know. I guess there's like a a value to that because now there's an experience involved i gotta wait until i get home to even listen to it you have all that excitement yeah up. you're yeah, just like yeah. looking at the cd booklet the whole time and all that stuff and Maybe I, reading the lyrics before you even heard the song and like you know i'm not one of these like anti-spotify people like i definitely use spotify and it is very convenient to be like oh shit like you know Everything there's there's a new saint so vincent record let yeah. me check it out but i cannot lie and say that it hasn't unintentionally kind of devalued the release of new music mm-hmm. to me because i'm like oh okay like i'll check that out later i'll check that out later and you can put it off because you know it's always going to be there waiting for you yeah. yeah and next thing you know I've, I've put off a band for three years and then they put out three albums and i'm like what the hell <laughs> like, there's a band called proto martyr that i really really like and for whatever reason i just stopped thinking about them for a few years and I was uh, in Michigan at a record store and I was slipping through and I was like, oh, cool. They got some Proto Martyr records. I'm like, what is this? What's this? There's like four albums that I had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah, it's been five years since you listened to them, yeah. but they've been putting out new music. And now I'm like, how the fuck am I going to got to play catch up? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that just seems daunting to me. Now it's work. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. And I don't know. I mean, these are very, very. uh <laughs> Very silly problems, but I absolutely. Do, but it's it's fun to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it definitely it just has an effect on the way that I digest music now. Yeah, I I think it's it's like that for everyone. It's especially like you know look at uh look at our youth that, that they don't know what it's like to go to a record store and pick up the CD and and you know like the experience you just talked about like that's that's all they know. So. What's it, what's it going to be like at a time where there's there's this whole other new thing that we, I can't even imagine when they're having conversations like we are about how they listen to music. And, and it's just funny to yeah. see like how things evolve and, and it's like, what's going to come next? Yeah, I just or I is, think is it going to keep heading more in that in that direction or or is it is it somehow going to flip or flip, maybe flip around? Because I know like. I mean, a lot of uh, there's a lot of nostalgia in in out like actual albums, you know, the vinyls that a lot of bands are releasing. So it's it's almost like as it's heading in that direction one way, it's it's kind of splitting off and and heading into like the 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 album like the nostalgia out of that and it's like it's kind of like splitting that way. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm curious to see like is it going to keep what where's it going to keep going? I think that it'll it's going to it's interesting because having this conversation 
you know, we could have had this same conversation a decade ago, but it wouldn't have felt as like dramatic mm-hmm. as it does now. And I think that kids these days, kids these, kids days, these days, when I was, I think, I think the way that they're the way that they're <laughs> digesting music, I think like the fundamental feeling and what they're getting from that music, you know, listening to a song on TikTok or Spotify is really no different than us listening to it on the radio or on a disc man or however I think the heart of it is still there. It just, it just seems, (laughs) it just seems different. Um, the only thing that is like interesting to me is like the value in music and what it takes to actually kind of like monetize your craft and how that's changing. Mm -hmm. I think that if you are an independent artist and you're releasing your music digitally and you're getting a lot of streams, you can make a pretty decent penny off of that. And the opportunity to share your music with the world is a lot easier now than it was back then. Like you don't need a lot of ups and a lot of accessibility. I think that if you can manage the business correct and also write good songs, which is the most important thing. Number one. uh, I think you can be pretty successful using modern means of distribution through digital things like that. Cause even with like, with like, uh, with like stuff like gray Walker and normal creatures, which are two bands that I play in, right? Like we don't get a phenomenal amount of streams online. You know, we're just, we're like mid tier local bands. Right. But we've like paid for entire studio sessions. Like our, like the EP that gray Walker put out, was paid for 1000% from our Spotify streams before that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, like we're not living off of this, but the band, the band can, the band can live off of yeah. these streams. And again, our numbers aren't crazy, but like we don't go through like a weird third party or anything. We just upload the stuff ourselves. We manage all of that shit and the income comes. So I can't imagine being an artist who's independent, but getting like, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of streams. Like that's a pretty decent chunk of change, yeah. but the songs have to be good. And I think that that's something that does get overlooked now because as an artist, you can't just be like a musician anymore. Like it, you should have a TikTok account and you got to know about <laughs> business. You got to know all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, but like when is the time for songwriting happen? And I think that yeah. there are a lot of people that kind of sidestep that because they want to be on tour right now. They want to have a music video right now. They want to have, they want to look good on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what? How about how you sound as a band? Like it's really easy to look good online, but that doesn't mean that your band sounds good. Yeah, and when those people come and see you, if if your band's not on that level on stage, then what are you doing? Yeah, like that's that's number one. The song's got to be good, and you got to be able to perform them well. I mean, if if you're the live band, you know, type. I mean, a lot of bands are strictly like studio bands, where they're they're not really putting emphasis on their live shows. They, they're putting songs out mainly just to be listened to, um, and that's one and that's fine too. Yeah, but if if you're going for that whole, the, you know, the touring and, and you want to put on a good performance, your song's got to be good, but you got to be able to deliver what you're what you're selling online. Yeah, I think that one thing that I have noticed is with youth culture (laughs) is I don't think they really give a shit about how music is made. 
Um, I don't think that it matters to them as much if it's like, even in a live aspect. I think, you know, there's a lot of youth culture where like they're, they're latching on to um, almost the personality and the social media aspects of a lot of these musicians, mm-hmm. right? And the, the, the song, the live performance doesn't matter as much. Like it could just be on a backtrack. People could be pretending to play. They don't care. It's more about like the lifestyle of that person that they seem to enjoy as a whole versus like me. Like I still am this way. Like I really don't want to know anything personal about any musician that I listen to. Like it's, I'm not interested in that. I don't, I don't need to know the behind the scenes of all this stuff, which is, it's kind of interesting that I do a podcast. It's kind of hypocritical for me to like, Talk to people. That's what, that's what, but it's like, but like, these are also like, you know, like talking with people like you and other people I have on the show. It's like getting to know other artists. I think it's a little different Mm -hmm. because like, that's from me as an artist. I think I do this podcast is like, it's an artist to artist. It's not like fan to artist, but like for things that I'm a fan of, like, I don't want to know how the nuggets are made. Mm -hmm. Like just, and give me the nugget. You kind of yourself like, like me have an eye inside that already and an understanding of how that works too. So it, that may be different for a, a typical fan that that isn't a musician that doesn't know all that behind the scenes stuff. So it, it's really, I guess, like a, another one of those like to each their own kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe maybe those fans are more driven to like to find that and, and see what that behind the scenes stuff's like, what that lifestyle is like, how what process goes into that um, more so than than a musician that kind of goes through that themselves. Yeah. How has like the, the transition for you from, uh, you know, obviously starting out as a, a musician and a fan of music, you start getting into the business side of things. You, you get behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Has there been anything that's really changed the way that you, uh, observe or digest music as a fan, as a result of like being behind the curtain? Is it harder for you to like, just enjoy things now. Cause I, I think it's part <laughs> of being a musician is when you're, when you're at a show seeing a band, I mean, I, I think every one of us is guilty of, you know, analyzing the show. Analyzing oh, absolutely. The performance and, and like, whether it's the stage presence, whether it's what they're actually playing, how, how clean or tight it is. Um, you, you end up like, I catch myself all the time. I'll sit there and I just like oh, start staring like, all the, the time. And I'm like watching for, for things, you know, it's like, <laughs> watching for little slip ups or anything. But people you know, like, will be like, is something wrong? Like, like yeah. this, this is just how like I enjoy things. So just yeah. rocking out. And I'm just like, that's exactly, <laughs> that's just how I enjoy yeah. things. Yeah. I'm so the same like, I'm enjoying it. Trust me. <laughs> I was the same way. Uh, but you to, learn that way too. Like, yeah. Yeah. That helps you become a better musician, you know, seeing what they do. Maybe you learn something from you know, watching them. That is happening. <laughs> Even when I went, I went to Disney World a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I was the same way the entire time there because the whole thing's a production, right? Oh, absolutely. So, like, like to the I'm just that they don't call their employees employees; they call them cast members. Yeah, all of them. Yes, I was just like looking at every little thing, like how do they do that? How do they do yeah. this? I can't get lost in the magic. It's like everything is happening for a reason, and I want to know what that reason is. Yeah. And it's like, just have fun. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, trust me, I'm having fun. I might not look like it, but I am. Yeah. But also, I think sometimes it can be annoying because if somebody asks me what I think of a certain thing, mm-hmm. I'll probably 
Sometimes people will just kind of, when they ask you like, oh, like, what'd you think of the show? What'd you think of that movie? What'd you think of Disney? They kind of just want you to be like, oh, oh it was really it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, then they're not asking for a 25 minute tirade about the overuse of visual projectors in the yep. theme park <laughs> that I'm going to give you. That's yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bad about that sort of thing. <laughs> but you know, real intricate in the details that they did, probably didn't even notice. It's just like, I'm going to get worked up thinking about this now. <laughs> it's just seeing so many adults be amazed by projectors. We've had projectors for a very long time. That's literally what they, they're just taking what they use to project movies and putting it onto fucking water. Yep. Wow. Wow. Everybody's it's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, it's it like looks a, cool, it's like but it's also trick, you know? super lazy. It's super lazy. <laughs> I mean, it works. Disney World is but, fun, but it's fucking lazy. I wish that I was... There is a lot of laziness around. Yeah. It's just like with... It amazes me with the amount of money that a company like that has and the amount of money that they... T I, I mean, I paid to go there, so I know how much money they're taking from people that yeah. are going there, right? That like all of these things, like somehow like technology ruined Disney World. I'll say that technology has helped a lot of things. Technology is ruining theme parks because they're turning everything into projectors and anim like automating things. And I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> in some ways to get back on track, this is happening with music too. As a drummer, you know, somebody that's in the rock world, it's not too uncommon now for a lot of bands in the studio to just use like, uh, you know, oh, like sound re sound and replacements drum, and, and drum and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. The technology sounds so good now. Yeah. And for, I imagine as somebody who is a player, there has to be some sort of like a weird, what is your relationship with this sort of stuff? Um, right. I mean, it's work too. I mean, when you, when you get to record drums in the studio, like it's not just go in there, set up the drums and, and hit play or hit record. Yeah. You know? It's a three hour process you know setting up the mics making sure they're all good getting all the, the levels right and, and getting that good full sound you know through the board uh, -huh. uh it's like three hours before you even like play the first note of the song you know and you're sitting there banging on the snare drum bang bang you know just getting getting sounds kick drum boom it's like it's like a sound check on stage but it's like 10 times longer yeah because <laughs> it's like crack crack it's like nudging every little knob like getting it exactly where you want it to be so that I mean, at least when we do it, you know, we're trying to get the drum sound as close to the final product as we can. Because sure, like you fix it we, in pre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah I like that. Yeah. Fix it in pre. Yeah, because I mean, we do have that traditional, um, like, sound and, and vibe to us with Big Atlantic, where where it's like an old school kind of thing. Like, we want to record the drums. We want the drum sound that we record to be on the record. And and I mean, we we don't want to, you know end up throwing drum samples over top of everything. And it's like, what, what, you we could. Even, what do we even put the drums in there for? Yeah. You know, we could yeah. just grab the samples and, and cut and paste parts in there. Uh -huh. But we like it to be as natural as we can. And, and I think that's one thing that, that I mean, we put, I feel like we put extra effort into that. And I think that's one little yeah. detail that kind of sets us aside and, and makes our sound stand out. It's interesting. Bit. And like you would, and you would hope that that, that people hear that, right. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because like, I remember the first gray Walker 
full length that we did, um, we were very adamant about um, live everything. That was what we wanted. Like, we have guys that can play. Let's just fucking play and record it, you know? Kind of like a punk rock ethos to it, right? But the interesting thing about the people that listen to that style of music, which would be more, um, like, more extreme metal, Mm -hmm. um, modern production has uh, not been kind to traditional recording techniques in that genre of music. And a lot of fans of that style of music aren't used to hearing what like normal drums sound like because everything is sound replaced and triggered and Mm -hmm. quantized to like create a sound that is super tight and like very intense. You almost need to use those techniques to get it to sound so like in a studio studio setting, right? But I remember like getting comments about our EP or it was a full length at the time, like sounding cheap as a result. And I'm like, it just sounds like people in a room playing. Like this is what we sound like, (laughs) but it's like for like heavy metal listeners, modern heavy metal listeners. Now, like they want to hear the production. Yeah. So, you know, now we've tried to figure out a way of like, how can we still track live, but like mix in that, mix in that, uh, those elements of modern production. So, it sounds good to like both sides of the coin, right? Because yeah. we also exist in this weird realm where, like, you know, we play shows. It's like a lot of the time when Gray Walker plays a show, it's not uncommon for us to either be like the old guys on the bill mm-hmm. or the young kids. And like, yeah. we're all in our 30s. So we're just like stuck in the middle, right? Like, right. either playing with like teenagers that are into like, whatever the kids are into now or playing with guys that are a decade above us, but you know, they don't want to hear our fucking young, yeah, our yeah, young, the young, our young metal, metal stuff. Thing. And it's like our inspirations are bands that have been active for over two decades. And we're still somehow like the young guys. <laughs> I remember, fuck, we were playing a show in Indianapolis and like there was somebody that was just like, yeah, you know, you guys are doing all that growly stuff. And I don't think that stuff's going to last very long. And I'm like, you know, the first Cannibal Corpse album came out like 27 years ago and they're still a touring <laughs> band, right? Like very, 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 very successful. And they're not yeah, even like, like oh, the f- this is just a phase. Yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting. But there are some people that are like that. That guy's probably been saying that to people for the past 25 years. He's like, it's, it's got to get out of here someday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to be right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting. And uh, man, so, you know. It's cool to see like how, how genres type kind of evolve in that way too. Um, I guess that kind of ties the the Disney conversation, you know, with with all the, the production and everything uh-huh. and, and how you said, you know, that's kind of like the music production side of things. Um, seeing like how, you know, even in, in some of the stuff we're doing, like we're throwing some synthesizers and stuff and and a couple of like electronic sounds and, and we're trying to kind of modernize the sound a little bit, but but still keep those roots of like that traditional rock and roll and, and you know, what we grew up liking and... And like you said, we're trying to do the same thing and find that nice, that nice equilibrium, mm-hmm. you know, with, with our new sounds. And it, it's, it's tricky to, do to, you, to not go too far into the production and yeah. not, like you start going down the rabbit hole and, and you got to catch yourself and it's like, well, hold on, you know, let's, let's tone it down a little bit. Like, let's revisit and like, think about like what, what it is we really want to accomplish here. And before we start piling all everything on top of it, yeah, and then it's just it's gonna sound fake. You know? I have a I have a really hard time with that because when I'm writing songs in the studio, 
I uh, I have we've so much influence. This is mostly with normal creatures, right? Because uh, we we bring so much to the table from our influences, and like we want it to sound like nothing else. Like we want what we're doing to just be like this weird mixture of all these styles, mm -hmm. but it has to make sense. And yeah. trying to like figure out when are you going too far? Because like usually the idea of going too far excites me. But also, yeah. you can still, there's still a cliff to go over. So it's you like, how do you challenge yourself yeah. and, and see what kind of thresholds you can, you can push, but you gotta, you gotta make sure that it's still going to be listenable to the average listener. Uh huh. It's like a, um, like a, like a, like a deep sea diver going further than is suggested, yeah. but you might discover something that would be really cool mm -hmm. or, or you might, the song might you know, fucking die. drown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like always in that. That murky area is where yeah. I like to the thrill seeker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. And the interesting thing, like, you know, tying back to Disney and modern production and old school things, it's I will just say, like real quick on Disney, that new Star Wars ride is awesome. Which one? So, the Rise of the Resistance or the yeah, Rise of the Resistance? Yeah, I said, got I got a chance last uh February to get on that and nice. That was, that was awesome so it, had to get had to get to the park like an hour before it opened oh yeah to yeah get, to get a spot in you had line. to get a boarding and pass it, it yeah it still took like i think it was like six o'clock in the evening before we got on it jesus christ <laughs> but, yeah when it we was, it was great when we were in galaxy's edge in orlando um the rise of the resistance hadn't opened yet like mm -hmm. galaxy's edge had pretty much just opened when we were there yeah. so we got to do the falcon ride and that was cool i did that one too that was um cool. But yeah, I was terrible. I, I think I was flying. I was flying too. And I, I was. I, had, I couldn't. By the end of the ride, I was like, I still don't have it figured out. Yeah, <laughs> I felt. I felt really bad because it was like me, and my girlfriend, and some other people, and I was like, I just wish somebody else would forget yeah. this thing. Like I just, <laughs> like I'm very much like, I just kind of like to experience things. I don't want to actually be in control of something. Yeah. In that, and when there's other people, the rides like that, when there's other people involved with the experience too, and they're that they want to experience it well too, like have a good good experience, and like you're the one guy that's like just cannot figure out how to like do your thing, and you keep crashing or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're just like wrecking the, ex and you waited in line probably like an hour and a half to, to sure, do this thing. Sure. And and you're just like sitting there like I'm just ruining this for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like realistically, what are the odds that they would have been able to figure it out? Yeah. Like whoever it might have been, yeah, that, it was it was tricky, man. I was sitting there like I just, oh I, yeah, I don't even. It was what, a year and a half ago. I don't, I don't even really remember what it was. I just, I just remember not being able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I feel like I ruined this for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, but the funny thing is, is like even that ride, it's essentially, so cool to be in the Millennium Falcon. Though. It's really cool. It looks great, but essentially, you're just in a box with a giant with a TV screen. screen, yeah, getting shook around. That's all, and that, that's what so much of this shit is. I know the rise, rise of the resistance is much different. That's, that's like almost like you're, you're actually like um, walking around through yeah, different things. It's like and, three different rides yeah, basically all yeah. put so that, together, that's right? More of more of like an experience, totally than a ride. So like that's I'm really interested to check that out whenever I get a chance because mm -hmm. it seems super cool. But most of the time, you get a lot of the simulator shit because yeah. like. Um, Soren is pretty much the same as uh the Avatar Flight of Passage shit, yeah. which is pretty much the same as Millennium Falcon. Like they're all essentially something that's shaking you all around. They're all essentially the same like, ride, right? Yeah, and that's the kind of shit that 
annoys me about Disney World because it's like they just find a way to just take like these uh, simple tricks. Like, okay, also uh, with um, Fantasmic, which is a really fun show that they do at Hollywood Studios. Mm -hmm. That's one like they were like spraying the water in the air and then doing like the projector stuff. And then at Animal Animal Kingdom, when they do the whole tree of life thing, they're just projecting stuff onto the tree. So it's like there's all this use of just like projection mapping, which is like it's cool to see it once. Mm-hmm. But then you're there for like four days and all of the parks are like, oh, they do this everywhere. They do it on the castle in Magic yeah, Kingdom. Yeah. Just it's just With project. It's just a building that looks cool. And then they project stuff from the movie. It's like mm-hmm. it's the same trick over and over and over. And uh, it just from a uh, a production standpoint, I understand the efficiency of it. It's great. It's, like if once it's done, it's done. Yeah. It's, Oop, done. it's done. It's yeah. done. You hit play. Easy time? to set up. Oh, time to go. Easy to tear down. <laughs> I'm sure and there's the a mo- lot more involved than, sure. than just that. But but, but it's, and for the most part, it's I not think like the Lion King show where where everything's choreographed. And yeah, have you seen that Animal King? Yeah, and I think that there are people that to them it doesn't matter. They're not thinking about it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter if it's this awesome animatronic. Like the Yeti's been broken, Expedition Everest for like decades, right? <laughs> I, I I love that ride. Yeah, I'll be honest. The first time I rode that, I got totally freaked out when it, it's going up and the track's broken and uh-huh. it just shoots you backwards. Yeah, but that I, that was probably one of my favorite rides that, that time I went there. But like the only people that even acknowledge that like the Yeti doesn't work mm-hmm. are just nerds. Most people don't yeah. care about that stuff so it's it's just because i know that they replaced it with like uh they put the projection of like the silhouette of yeah, the yeti yep, yeah, yeah. When another projection there, like, right yeah when you're up there when, yeah. when the track's broken yeah you see that that's another projection. like simple fix and yeah. it's just like they just band-aid everything even <laughs> in um ah the 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 navi river journey and avatar mm-hmm. there's like that animatronic that's like really really cool um, but it wasn't working when we were there, so they replaced it with a projection. <laughs> and like my brain is just like, why is everything projectors? And they just opened up that Mickey's Runaway World Railway in in uh, the Chinese Theater Building in Hollywood Studios. I don't think I saw that. Um, it's all projection. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you're in a car that goes through, but it seems cool because it's all like 2D old school Disney animation stuff. And you're kind of going through this universe thing, but I don't know. But is it the the technology side of it, it, it is kind of all. It's the all same the same thing, ride, just, in, just in different like, ways. Yeah, and uh, it's it's like it moves you around. It gives you an experience, uh, sensations that way, and and you're just visually you're seeing you're seeing something different each time. It, it, it's like a you ever see like I remember seeing a video on YouTube of somebody that pulled like like um a bunch of like modern pop country songs mm-hmm. and put them all into a DAW on top of each other and how like the formats completely exactly lined up. About. Yeah. It's cookie cutter, man. It's like that, but with rides, yeah. like they just take the <laughs> same thing and just re just give it a, 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 a different coat of paint mm-hmm. and it's a new ride. It's like a different guitar tone. It's, it's all the same structure though. Yeah. Top to finish. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's, it, it, that's a good analogy. Bums me out. Yeah. But I'm gonna it's keep still, going. I mean, it's still cool to go to Disney. Sure, it's an experience. It makes you feel like a kid. Yeah. So, but I, I totally, yeah, I get you, get what you're saying with the cookie cutters, with the rides and everything. Yeah, we're we're doing we're doing Universal in September. No, I'm going in October. No shit. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
How about this? Okay. This is actually a funny story. Okay. Uh, so, you know those those sweepstakes you see online and stuff that you know it's like win a trip to Disney World or whatever it is, and you're like. Nobody really wins those, right? So my mom sits on the computer and does all these sweepstakes all the time, right? So and she she puts her email address, my brother's email, my email address, you know, and she she wins like gift cards and stuff like that all the time. Um, she she won a pair of skis one time. She, Hell yeah! She hits. Uh, this was a Dairy Queen slash Coca Cola sweepstakes, and the grand prize was a four person all expenses paid trip to Universal Resort. And guess who won? <laughs> no shit yeah won the grand prize on that so me lee and andriana it, it's uh we're going down um october and yeah those, <laughs> those, those things actually are like legitimate people actually win those grand prizes and that's crazy because i would have thought like there's no way and even when she told me like hey i got this email that i won this thing and i was like yeah right but as, as it went on like it's booked where we're going you know, fuck yeah, <laughs> that rules. Yeah, so free trip to Universal. Can't well, hey, congratulations on that. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Do you, you, you know, outside of it seems like you know you have an interest just in life outside of you know it's not all it's not all work it's not all play but you find a way to make you know something productive out of playing and you find a way to make work fun and all of this stuff, yeah, right? What, I mean, what's the, I'm, how's I, that? I feel like I'm blessed that every, every actual job that I've ever had, you know, like to make money and pay the bills, you know, I, I've worked at Wendy's. I, my first job, I was read as Italian ice, you know, when I was a teenager, um, I worked at a Hollywood video, which I'm a, I'm a movie nerd. So, you know, that was a fun job, but every, every job I had, even Wendy's, the people that I worked with were always enjoyable to work with. And, and that made it feel less like work. And right now I'm at T-Mobile. And again, it's the same thing. Like, it's almost like every time I go to work, every day I go to work, it's like I'm going to hang out with my friends, you know, and it's, and being a nerd, you know, you know, into technology and uh, the phones and stuff. Um, as much as I, I do feel like they're, they're kind of like to an extent hurting society, <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, it's, it's, that's my job. And it's like, I'm, I'm going and hanging out with my friends every day when I go to work. Yeah. And so that's how I pay the bills. But um, uh, I went on a tangent. I was going to say something else and I ended up going on about work. No, we were um, just talking. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if you find a way to, to make the, to make money doing the things that you love to do and that you're passionate about, um, it, it feels less like work, you know, and it's, it's just some, become something you love to do and it, and it kind of starts to support itself. Um, a good example here is, I, on top of everything else that I've rattled off that I do, um, as, as far as teaching drums, I actually had this idea a couple years ago to sort of along the lines of, of teaching private lessons in music. Um, I, I started a drum class. So it's like a group of kids all at once. And it's like a structured 12 week course where each day it's like, we're working on this, we're working on this piece of music. And it's, it, it, uh, it's something I had an idea for about three years. I worked on like setting this up and, and it's, it was hurdles as far as like where, what location I was going to be able to do it. You know, am I going to be able to get the kids and the you know parents to want them to do it? Um, and what equipment am I going to use and, and whatnot? Yeah. But, but um, it, it, it went off, um, was it April? I actually did it. I got it launched and I was uh, lucky that a church was able to let me use, use their, their location for it too every week. And it's so the 12 weeks, the kids absolutely loved it. And it was just like, you know, the marching band experience. It's cool to see these kids come in and 
watch them improve and and see them get excited when like they they figure something out that maybe they didn't understand before. Um, but it's that's some that's like another venture that that's going to continue on and and I'm hoping to grow too. Um, but yeah, I mean it it ties it all kind of ties together, you know. Um, if I was talking about 311, they're they're like their motto is stay positive and love your life, right? And and I think it's important to understand that you know being positive like having a positive mindset about things isn't simply just like being happy and cheerful and bubbly all the time. Cause you know, we all have struggles, you know, we have ups and downs, but the, the key to, you know, having a positive mindset is, is refusing to be defeated by those, those downfalls and negatives. And if, if you can find a way to, to persevere through those things and, and see that and understand and know that there is always a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, if you push through, um, I, I think that's, that's really like the biggest key is, you know, just having that positive outlook on things mm-hmm. and, and that positive understanding of what being positive really means. Sure. <laughs> the thing that, so, uh, I, 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 I spent a, a lot, a long, long time having a terrible temper. Mm-hmm. It's still something I have to deal with from time to time. I, I am definitely somebody that embraces positivity and, uh, empathy and I try to be patient but I am not very good at it all the time but the point that I'm trying to make here is that I tend to like find positivity works for me when I like combine it with a sense of reality and kind of grounding myself in the moment like earlier at the start of this I was having issues with the lighting in this new space and you were probably I don't think frustrated, it, you know. I drove I was, out here for this, was, and you're yeah. like, "Oh man, he's gonna like." I was, I, I'm a little frustrated. He's be mad because he probably expected me to be ready to go, but, and now I'm still setting everything but up. But also, cool. it's like, <laughs> it's just a couple of ding dongs yeah. talking about life. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't you know uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, this isn't. I don't know why. When I thought of a, cine, a movie that shot well, this isn't Avatar. Yeah. You know, this yeah. isn't a Disney production. This isn't on Disney Plus. Yeah, you know, this is. It, it doesn't. This is going to be watched the, by people on their smartphones. Sure, some people on their computers. Yeah, and the, the like white, said, the white, the what, the white balance. The white doesn't <laughs> matter all that much. But like, so I need to tr- tell myself like, okay, it's okay the reality of the situation perfect. is this isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And even outside of this, like, you know. All the stuff that, I mean, I guess it's pretty natural regardless of what you do as a human being. There's a good chance that the things that, you know, bring you some of your greatest joy are also going to bring some of your greatest frustrations, right? That's yin yang, whatever thing you subscribe to, right? But uh, for me, it's like, while music and art is really important to me, this isn't life-threatening by any means so if i ever have a hard time with a song or if something goes wrong at a show like i need to like really in the moment be like okay it's it's fine we're just 30 year olds on a stage in a smoky bar and it's it's okay okay if it doesn't go good yeah but also you do have those moments where you know it almost feels like the end of the world yeah oh no the lights the lights aren't working the whole podcast (laughs) is ruined and it's like what you know you have that moment but then it like you said, you realize it's really not ruined. You know, it might not be like a hundred percent up to, you know, the standards you want it to be at, uh-huh. but that's okay. Cause I mean, like, I mean, nobody's perfect. I right? think that the only way to be able to find some sort of happiness in this world is to be able to embrace the concept of compromise mm-hmm. and just be willing to go with the flow. 
Because yeah. the world's not designed to go your way, yeah. right? The world's going to do what it's going to do. Things definitely do not <laughs> always go as planned. <laughs> yeah. And being in arts and entertainment, yeah. definitely. There's a lot of variables. I think I said that at the beginning of this conversation. It's just that yeah. you just got to... This is it. This is this is what this podcast is going to look like. Yep, it is what it is, and it's it's going to be as good as it's going to be. But we're still making it happen. Earlier, as you said in the opening, though, this is this is really kind of like the worst that this setup in this room is going to be because you're going to find ways to improve it, and it's going to get better and better. And that's everything in life is like that. If if you look at it like that, and you put that effort into the things that you do, mm-hmm. I think that there are those hurdles. It's funny I mentioned you know episode four hundred and six. Yeah. But it's in a way, it's kind of like a first episode again, right? Yeah. And there's always there's in a new always gonna, yeah there's always going to be those hurdles when you're starting something new, where it's not going to be perfect. And I mm-hmm. think that being able to work through those things and be able to accept that oh, this might kind of suck for a little bit, but figuring out what sucks is how you make things better. Like you didn't yeah. just sit down in a drum kit and probably like. Oh wow! Like I got all this good groove. It was probably a lot of very. It took some. It took a little yeah, bit of time. I'm sure. You know, I'm 28 years in, and and I'm still you know learning things myself. And I'm not. I'm not by any means like the best drummer out there. But it's it. I mean, it. I'll sit down, and sometimes there's something that I want to be able to play that I'm struggling with. But I mean, if when you have an understanding of how to how to improve and and the time that it takes to do those things, like yeah, I mean, it's. There's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone, something to to strive for that maybe you're not quite there. But if you if you accept the level that you're at in the moment and know that you, if you keep trying and working that that you're going to get closer and closer to where you want to be. And that's something with art too is there's there's no like full understanding of it, and especially with music. I mean, you you can never understand everything there is to know about music. It's impossible. Oh yeah, and I think and, that's part of the part of the beauty of it. And don't trust anyone that tells you that they understand everything about music. <laughs> they are like, full of dookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you know someone. It's like someone saying they understand everything about women. Yeah, right. Sure, <laughs> sure. Or Disney. Or Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, um, it's it's sometimes even like imperfections and mistakes are, are like happy mistakes, you know, like a Bob Ross thing, right? Okay. Oh, like, like oh, a happy mistake, you know, in the painting, it may, maybe you find something else you can create out of that mistake, or maybe it, maybe it, the one mistake makes something else turn out a little bit better. Um, and then, so yeah, I mean, it's, Maybe the white balance, maybe when you look at it later on, maybe it's actually going to be not as bad as you thought it was. Well, or maybe, or, right or now, that's going to give you some means of improving it better in a different sure. way. Maybe you weren't thinking of for today that's going to make the next podcast even I'll better. probably fix it in post, and anybody that's watching this is going to be like, it looks well, what fine. The What's the about? issue? Yeah, <laughs> right now, if I think, okay, if, if, if I think about it, right now, I'm going to turn off all color correction, and this is what it looks like without anything that was fixed. Now you know what we're talking about. Color corrections back on. <laughs> Hollywood, baby. <Woo>. Projection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at tricks. <laughs> so maybe that's the key. Maybe we got to take a uh, page out of Disney's book and, and start doing this on a projector. Yeah, I have one set up over there. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know what, Nicholas? I think that we have managed to come full circle on this conversation yeah yeah, i think we went down some fun paths we talked about plenty of things 
I talked about myself a little bit too much. But that's okay. okay. I did too. Well, that's the <laughs> point. This is this is this is the Nicholas Hour. This is the Nicholas Show. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Nicholas welcome Show. Welcome to the Nicholas Show. Um, but thank you. I'm hey, glad that hey, we got to was, sit down and chat. I was really excited to to be asked to do this. I'm glad I got to come out and do it. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate you attempting to help me with uh, the lighting and the camera stuff. And uh, yeah. thank you. I'm actually, I'm, I just had a thought. I'm kind of excited. You know, I have this, this crazy busy week. I'm going to go home tonight and, and write music for drums and do this whole week of band camp. And like I told you um, earlier, one of my favorite things is to to watch where this starts every year and see where it progresses. So by the time we're watching this, it's going to be pretty far through that process. And it's, and I'm kind of excited to look back at this conversation and kind of where my head was today. Yeah. You know, and then be able to, to, it's really, it's going to remind me of like all the the effort and that the kids put in this week and, and all that, the hard work dude. It's, it's a band camp, you know, it's not like a, this one time at band camp. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and these kids, they work their asses off and it's, it's really impressive to see everything that they do and, 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 and do together. Hell yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited by the time I'm, we're actually watching this, by the time you're watching this, um, that this week is going to be well far and gone, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of like come back to that mind space and, and when the time comes that, if that makes sense, you know, that totally we've already gone through all that stuff with the marching band and, and, see where they are at that time when I'm watching this and reminiscing and thinking about like, Oh, we were just getting into that, to that, uh, that work and, and getting that all done. So once it's going to be like a few weeks down the road, their show's going to be on the field. They're all going to have their music memorized. They're, they're going to be even a better bonded family and, and group of friends and everything. So yeah, that's, like I said, it's, it's a huge passion thing for me and it's, it's a great activity to be involved with. Hell yeah. And I always recommend if, 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 if anybody watching, if you have kids that are into music, get them into get them into band in school, get them into marching band. It's it, it's a really great experience, and I mean, you learn so many like life lessons. You you make best friends. It's it's amazing, especially for you know for new kids coming up into school. You have the entire marching band, which in most schools is one of the largest student organizations. You have new kids coming into school that they have all those friends day one. And that's, that's an advantage, you know, those kids have over kids coming in just that never got a chance to like meet anybody coming into high school. And it's, you know, it's a scary kind of like transition. I'm sure you remember like your first day of high school, you know, like you go to a new school, there's all these, all these new people oh, yeah. you've never seen, you yeah. don't know who you can trust, right? And you come in, you know, after doing marching band all summer and you got a hundred kids, you know, you could run into, say hi to you in the hall and everything. And it's, 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 it's a really great, great opportunity for these kids. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways, now they're rambling, but all good. Yeah. So I'm on little sleep. So I'll, <laughs> apologize. I apologize for that. <laughs> you know, it's super cool. It's super cool. So I'm in that, ba- that marching band minds mindset that I get in like this time every year. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's fun now. Total band nerd. No shame. No, that's good. I, think, I was in the drum line. So, you know, it's like I think, it, I, <laughs> I think it's good to know what you like embrace what you like absolutely and be unforgiving about yeah. what you like hey and you know today it's it's cool to be a nerd isn't it it's yeah like where i feel like when we were younger like nerds got made fun of now like all the nerdy stuff that was was like nerdy back then is like you got like the avengers is like all over the place you know like star wars like that stuff's out there and it's like the cool thing to be into now yeah that is interesting yeah nerds it's cool to be a nerd now 
Be a nerd. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nerd. So, Big Atlantic. Big, big Atlantic. Big Atlantic. Big Atlantic is the band. Anything else you want to promo um, or tell people to check out? Check out Big Atlantic. We got some new music coming out we're really excited about. Um, it's not finished yet, but it's getting there. Wonders Descent has new stuff coming out. There's there's a lot of good stuff going on around Pittsburgh and um, a lot of a lot of cool things. And it's it's cool that to have like my hand in in all these different parts of it and be involved in different ways, you know, with whether it's taking photos for, for bands, doing music videos and and it's those are kind of like more like side passion gigs that I'm I'm gaining interest in and, and trying to improve and learn on. But but yeah, Big Atlantic. Um no release date yet for our new music, but we're getting in the studio. We were just down there on the 4th of July um, recording some new music. We got a whole bunch of songs that we're dying to just get finished and get out there. And hopefully in the next uh, couple months, we're going to be having some new stuff out. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming by. I guess I'm going to do me. an outro. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here one more time. Nicholas. Cheers. Huffnagel? Huffnagel. Huffnagel. I remember. That works. I get like... Nagel, nagel. uh, You get Hoofnagel's the German pronunciation. You get like Huffnagel, Huffnagley. Like people spell it all different ways. Like, Fair enough. Well, Nicholas, thank you for being here. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes, but feel free to call me Brian because Sykes is ridiculous. Start the Beat is the name of the podcast. 2021 is the year. Whoop, whoop is the motto. Goodbye. That outro was complete trash, but that's okay. (laughs) It was a podcast. We did it. We made it through. All right. My my first podcast, actually, too. Really? Yeah. Good job. I, I, I came in. Me having, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I came in like totally not knowing.